0: The IRS isn't the library. Their late fees are serious. Plus, do you know what $100 is worth in your city? Welcome to Sky Blue Wealth Weekly. I'm super glad to have you all tuning in once again. I'm your host, Eric Powers, a certified financial planner and owner of SkyBlue Wealth since 2008. This podcast is aimed to help you earn more, save more, and be certain you're ready for retirement. We also update you on tax news, and that's exactly what today's show is about. We're going to break down what the late fee is for income taxes. As you can imagine, the IRS isn't exactly willy-nilly with their rules. They want their payments on time, every time. We'll see what it costs Americans when they file late and when they send income tax payments late. Not only that, I've got new data on how far a hundred bucks is going to go depending upon where you live. You may be floored by the difference between two metropolitan areas in particular hit that follow button to join our loyal subscribers if you haven't already done so. It's free and we appreciate it more than you know. Now, let's fly through a few numbers on paying income taxes late. This is from H&R Block. The maximum total penalty for failure to file and pay is 47.5%. That's 22.5% late fee filing and 25% late penalty for that tax. But if your return was over 60 days late, the minimum failure to pay penalty is the smaller of $450, or 100% of the tax required to be shown on the return. To be clear, to reach the 47.5% figure, the penalties would add up on a monthly basis. So, if you owed $5,000, then you could potentially be roughly hit with a $2,500 penalty on top of the original 5,000. It's really easy to get behind the eight ball like this, guys. Heck, you know, even if somebody couldn't pay the tax that they owed on time, They could have avoided that 22.5% late fee filing just by not missing the April deadline for filing. Also, filing an extension before the deadline would prevent that late fee. You see, procrastination rarely helps anyone, especially when it comes to finances. Most business owners would prefer to get the pain over with by filing and paying their income taxes in April, but if you need more time to get organized, it would be best to file an extension but there's no reason to wait until the very last minute in October. By the way, nearly one in eight Americans asked the IRS for more time to file in 2022. That's about 19 million people who filed an extension. One more thing on failing to file and pay on time. These penalties can be waived, but I'll quote from the IRS website. You may qualify for penalty relief if you demonstrate that you exercised ordinary care and prudence and were nevertheless unable to file your return or pay your taxes on time. Examples given include fires, natural disaster or civil disturbances, inability to get records, death, serious illness, or unavoidable absence of taxpayer or immediate family member, or system issues that delayed a timely electronic file or payment. Military service people can have leeway in certain situations too. What can you not blame for being late though? Your tax preparation service as one. The IRS states this is not a typically valid reason for lateness. Now, sure, not everyone owes taxes, even though Nasdaq.com reported that one out of four Americans say that they do owe back taxes. Yikes. Still, there are people who don't even owe any income tax and don't really have a good reason to file late, but still do. And for some people who know they're likely getting a refund, they'll be the first in line to get their taxes done. That makes sense, right? Oh. Another tip that you might pass along, many Americans don't file taxes sometimes because they are certain they won't owe anything, but there are cases when these folks miss out on a refund since they qualify for the earned income tax credit. What's the maximum earned income tax credit for the tax year 2023? It's $7,430 and there are lots of restrictions and calculations related to this tax credit, but let's say a grandmother who's raising her grandkids. Well, she might not know she's eligible for this credit and a possible refund if she hadn't filed taxes since she stopped working. Just one example there. And hopefully this drives home a point. Filing taxes on time pays, or at least protects you from paying extra in interest and penalties. And filing can even result in a refund you didn't know that you had coming in some unique cases. Which is a good thing, because $100 doesn't go as far as it used to, and a tax refund would help out. That leads me into this new research into metro by metro area breakdown on how much $100 is really worth depending upon which metropolitan area you live in or near. Nonprofit group TaxFoundation.org got this data from 2021 as reported by the Bureau of Economic Analysis. Where does $100 buy the least? Major cities in California are a good guess, and you're correct. More broadly, the big cities in the Pacific Northwest and the Northeast are brutal on a $100 bill. Where does that same $100 go the furthest? In the Midwest and the Southeast rural areas. But rural living matters even in expensive states like California and New York too. For example, you can get about $12 more value on purchased goods compared to the same $100 spent in the Los Angeles area. That's a big difference there. That's in fact 12% more. How about the most expensive metropolitan area in 2021? That unprocedious award went to the San Francisco Bay Area. A hundred dollar bill in the Bay Area will only buy $83.45 worth of goods and services compared to the national average. That's nearly $17 less, bang for your hundred bucks. To visualize that, you could only fill your car's gas tank up 83% full. And groceries, you'd have to put back those free range eggs and the family sized Doritos. Now the culprit for so much of these metro pricing differences springs from housing costs. If residents are paying more to buy a home, or their rent is sky high, that trickles down to most other products and services too. A woman renting a condo in San Francisco is going to have to charge more at her boutique, or else the math just doesn't work, not just on the left coast. Obviously, people living in many of these expensive areas also earn higher salaries, and that can offset some of the costs, but when things go wrong, Like if you get laid off, perhaps, it can be tough to get a similar job depending on how the overall economy is doing at that time. Believe it or not, though, there are metropolitan areas that are much more affordable, places with a variety of things to do and see. A few of those of note are Las Cruces, New Mexico, Jackson, Tennessee, Johnstown, Pennsylvania, and Springfield, Ohio. And you can see the full list of 15 least expensive and 15 most expensive metros in the show notes. We'll leave a list there. And along with San Francisco Bay that we already noted, here are the other three most expensive metros when it comes to what $100 gets you compared to the US average. Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Pompeo Beach, Florida, Seattle, Tacoma, Bellevue, Washington, and the Washington DC area, including Arlington and Alexandria, DC, Virginia, Maryland, West Virginia. Oh, before I forget, here's the two metros with the biggest gap between the value of 100 bucks comparing the San Francisco, Oakland, Hayward, California region against Anniston, Oxford, Alabama. The real value of $100 in San Francisco is $83.45, like we talked about, compared to $119 in Anniston, Oxford. So, Anniston, Oxford has 43% greater spending power than in San Francisco, Oakland, Hayward area. You can basically buy one and a half houses there compared to one house in San Francisco, loosely speaking, of course. Alright guys, let's fly through a recap right quick and remember to set up a consultation with me just click the link in the show description. We've helped hundreds of clients get their financial plans organized and updated as well as assist them with their 401k rollovers or even tax issues. So take a moment to schedule a time to chat with me, link is in that show description. Now today's show was about two things that cost Americans big money, paying their taxes late and living in super costly areas of the country. Both things we have control over. Moving is much harder than being on time and organized with income taxes, but it is not impossible, especially considering the big savings potential when you contrast the most expensive areas against those with the most reasonable cost of living. It's just unreal that you can buy about 43% more with your money in one part of the country versus a spot that happens to be near the Pacific coast. Hey, ocean living is nice, But there's a price tag attached. Do a Google search and you'll find there are also affordable beach towns where $100 goes much further than other seaside locations. All right, guys, that is going to wrap this episode. I can't thank you enough for listening. Get in touch with your financial questions. And please take five seconds to leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. I hope you get to enjoy the rest of your day. Talk with you soon. Investment advice offered through Private Advisor Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor.